hello again. This is Talon Talk, but about dreams this time, so you may or may not be dreaming about this entire thing. I'm Colton. I'm William. I'm Mr. Cannon. I'm Mr. Dixon. And Mrs. Lavaz. Alex isn't here today. So what do you think? Yeah, Going back to the void. Uh, we, um... We had a conversation on a podcast a couple weeks ago about dreams, and we decided we don't know anything about dreams. <laughs> so we decided we'd try to get some experts. So we've got two our psychology teachers here. So I think expert is a strong word. Very for strong me. word. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so do you have like a, a specialization as you talk about psychology, or like a favorite part that you like to, to talk about? Or well, when you teach kind of the general classes that we teach. Um, you kind of have to know a little bit about everything. Um, I would say that my specialization or what I know a little bit more about because I've taken extra college classes is probably the area of clinical psychology. But dreams is pretty cool too. Yeah, uh, I only started teaching psychology last year. So apart from taking a few psych classes in college, uh, I would not say that I'm an expert in anything. But I can say that having taught the psychology elective um, several times now, there are certain topics that kids are really interested in, and yeah. Dreams is one of them. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, yeah, um, I like they are absolutely fascinating, and, and we spend one day just like on this podcast, just kind of randomly talking about weird dreams. So <laughs> is there like a, is there a science of dreams? Do people specialize in dreams? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're doing a lot of research um, about dreams, and really, psychologists aren't sure why we dream, like there's no way to know why exactly we do. Um, but kind of some of the areas they think they know it's a little bit about emotional processing. They know it's a little bit about memory consolidation and mood regulation. So those are the three right now, because I looked it up before I came here, that the psychologists are saying, okay, because it changes literally by the study. So those are the three areas that they're saying that's why we dream. But we don't know for sure. We do not know because the brain is like, if you think about what we know about the brain, we know like one eighth of the puzzle about the brain. There's a lot we don't know. I find that absolutely fascinating that it's yeah. the 21st century. We know so much about so much and yet we know so little about our own ability to know about so little. Yep. Well, I think that on, on some level, if we were to ask ourselves the question as an introspective exercise, hmm. Right, like, what do you think your dreams are about, or why do you think you you dream? That's a very different type of conversation than if we sort of put little electrodes on our heads, you know, and look at an EEG, an electroencephalograph, while we sleep, and see what's going on. Or with like um, MRI technology, we can see more of what's happening in different parts of our brain when we're sleeping. So the science really hasn't, the technology hasn't been there to like catch us up to understanding this until fairly recently. So yeah. I would say that there's probably a lot that um, scientists and psychologists, um, sleep analysts and so forth are learning. We don't even know why we sleep. So true, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Like let alone dream. There's not a consensus on why we sleep. Or about stuff like why um, there is lightning and storms, and why ice is slippery. Well, I think we I can mean, know those we, things. We can figure that out. Yeah. Something, though, that I keep finding is, like, whenever I have a dream that takes place in a very familiar setting, it's like, yes, this is, like, my backyard, yes, this is my grandparents' house, but it's, like, uncanny, because when you finally wake up, you're like, no, it doesn't look like that. 
Right. Yep. But that, that's but also like uh, ask like descriptions that you remember throughout the day just kind of get put in like uh, when we went up to the platform like the higher ground and all the bunch of trees were down that just kind of translated to my own backyard where a bunch of trees were either heavily right. damaged or mm-hmm. fell yeah. over so it just kind of feels like it just mushes everything together yeah, yeah. your brain kind of does screw things up i did like a little bit of research about lucid dreams because i find them cool um and yeah, every so often i just remember that i'm dreaming and fun stuff happens mm-hmm. yeah um, you can that's totally happens but, with lucid dreaming um I found that, or at least other people found, but I don't really use those, that words get really screwed up. Uh, so if you try and read anything while dreaming, you'll basically be dyslexic, hmm. whether or not you actually are um, when you're awake. I can't think of a single time in any dream that I've ever had where I've read something. Me neither. Yeah. I can't think of it either, yeah. But it's hard to remember dreams. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah. that's yeah. my trouble. Um, I, I know I dream yeah. frequently, but I never remember any of them, or they're just like these weird little snippets that make no sense. It's more of like mm-hmm. a photograph, mm-hmm. as opposed to like mm-hmm. the like yeah, some, experience. Some of the most interesting stuff is always like uh, whenever it's taking place in my backwoods. I'm like in the dream. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like how it is exactly. This is so cool. But then I remember and actually consciously think on how it looks. I'm like, wait, no, it doesn't look like that at all though. Why is it so big? Or why is there such a endless slope? Why am I out in the dark? I'm never out there in the dark. (laughs) One of the weird things for me is I've lived in my current house for 15 years now, which is I think the most I've ever lived in a house. Mm -hmm. And, um, And yet I never have dreams in this house, I always have dreams of the old houses I lived in, wow. but never this house. Right. Well, one of the things we know that's happening in your brain uh, when you're asleep uh, is your brain is sort of busy taking all of the experiences that you've had that day and sort of filing it away. But your brain's not really like a filing cabinet, it's more mm. like a word web, mm. right? And so what's really happening is your experiences through the day are being tethered together with like little strings, like, you know, whether those are neurons or- Or mushed together sometimes with consolidation. Sometimes your brain just takes two memories and just goes, oh, we're just gonna squish those together, they're similar. And then, so you think, like, wait a minute, that's not exactly what happened, but your brain doesn't care. Your brain makes decisions for you all the time about what you're gonna remember. And so it might very well be that your experiences that day as your brain is figuring out where to store those long term, is storing them in a place that's very adjacent to all of those old houses that you used to live in. So suddenly yeah. you're dreaming about that yep. instead of your current house. That's possible. And psychologists do tell you if you want to like remember your dreams, um, there's some strategies you can use. So before you go to bed, you lay down, you're like, okay, I'm going to dream tonight. I'm going to remember my dreams. And then when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you don't move and you just say, okay, did I dream? And you want to write down everything you dreamt about before you even move out of your bed, before you take your covers off, like literally laying in bed, immediately you want to start writing down what you dreamt about. And it, can, it takes practice, but you'll actually start remembering more, according to yeah. studies. Is that a practice of saying, I'm going to do this while I'm sleeping, and then, um, like repeatedly, when you fall asleep, it tends to happen, also works for lucid dream. If you say, I'm going to lucid dream tonight, like several times as you fall asleep, when you start dreaming, first thing you think is, I'm going to start lucid dreaming. Hey, wait, 
Um, and then, yeah. Well, you know, sleep is, is a form of consciousness. We think of when you're asleep that you're unconscious, but that's not exactly true. Like over the course of a night, your sort of mind goes through different cycles. Mm -hmm. And when you have REM sleep, um, rapid eye movement sleep is when you're usually dreaming and your brain sort of from a, I don't know, scientific standpoint, a digital standpoint, if you will, looks the same as an awake brain. So when you're dreaming, your brain is behaving as though it's awake. So you do have a certain level of sort of conscious ability while you're dreaming in the same way that you would if you were awake. But one of the cool things when you're in rapid eye movement though is that you have muscle paralysis. Mm. So what it does, it's kind of like a survival thing. Mm. So that if you're dreaming about jumping from building to building, you aren't gonna be able to jump up and then go take off in the middle of a dream. Um, which is kind of cool. So people often confuse rapid eye movement and dreaming with what happens for people who sleepwalk, which is usually stage three. So stage three, you're in your deepest sleep, but you can get up and walk around and have a conversation, mm -hmm. and people think that you're awake, but you're not. You're actually just mm -hmm. sleepwalking, but that doesn't happen in the same stage of sleep that your rapid eye movement or your dreaming stage yeah, does. The muscle paralysis also leads to, if your brain wakes up, it's just, not able to move all that's able to move is just the eyes and then it just fills in a gap it's like mm -hmm. uh demon demon <laughs> closet <laughs> opens well that's a that's like a fairly common uh thing for people who have sleep paralysis you know there's mm -hmm. there's a lag right because your your brainstem is shutting your body down there's a lag where your sort of conscious mind is awake and aware <laughs> but your body hasn't quite caught up mm -hmm. and that dissonance between what your brain is feeling but what yeah. your body isn't feeling leads sometimes the folks to have that sort of demon presence. Also heard kids say like, it's like, feels like there's something on them, like a weighted yeah. blanket or, a, yep. or um, something of that nature. I think that's one of like two sleep issues I actually don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the rest, but that's- You have all the others, but not that. I, I haven't experienced sleep paralysis yet. But what I do get is a lot of times I will just randomly like wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, what time is it? Oh, three, gotta go back. Mm -hmm. I wake, I wake up, again, up exactly like, 20 minutes before my alarm or 10 minutes. So that means you're well rested. Yeah, that's I a have, good thing. No, I have two alarms. One that's like an hour before I have to like get up and go. So then I like get ready, eat breakfast, all that stuff. And I go back to bed, it's very nice. But I wake up exactly 20 minutes before my alarm every time. Um, for the first alarm, and exactly 10 minutes before my alarm the second time. Okay, so wait, Always. you wake up, you go about your business to get ready for school, and then you go back to bed? Yep. I just, That's a unique one. I just, just yeah. lie there. Do you find that like helpful? Like, like, Is that like a good way, do you feel like rested for school, ready and alert? Do you power nap? Like, No, but I would also feel not rested if I don't, don't have that hour nap. It's just so I can go to bed twice. Hmm. That's kind um, of fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I also, know, we, we talk about that like that sleep effect for like the circadian rhythms for teenagers and everything, mm -hmm. right? And how like we're not like teenagers aren't really like awake at the hour we're supposed to be awake for school. Maybe that's an interesting way to try to beat yeah. that. And, like, you wake up, you go back to bed. No, I don't think it works. It's just so I can go to bed twice. And I also don't like like doing my routine with other people. I generally like wait to do like the dishes and stuff after people. Hunt have gone to bed mm. so that I can just do stuff and without people like going to the kitchen and stealing dishes. Mm. Same with um, getting ready for school. 
I can go about my day without having to worry about being late for the toaster. Something uh, I like tested like on every weekend. Okay, so I go to bed at around nine thirty to ten thirty because I want to keep a good rhythm there. Yeah. And then I yeah. and then I'm like, okay, when do I on average desire to actually wake up? Eight thirty. Mm-hmm. So you think that that's too long? You feel like you're sleeping too long? No, I feel like I'm sleeping too little still. Oh. Well, probably yeah. because during the week, right? So sleep deprivation, I think it's like 70% of teenagers are suffering from sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. And most teenagers need what? It's like, I think it's like seven to 10 hours of sleep a night. Right. And when I've surveyed my students in class, um, sadly, it's usually one out of like 20 kids who are actually sleeping the number of hours. And what we know is that you can kind of bank sleep because the US Army wanted to figure out how far they could push their soldiers. So they did studies on sleep sleep and deprivation, you actually can bank your sleep. So over the weekend, maybe you're banking your sleep a little bit, you're getting some extra hours in. Sleeping until 10. Right, and then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're sleep deprived. So think of it like a bucket. Your bucket is never full, right? So your bucket's supposed to be at a certain level, and because during the week you're never hitting your maximum sleep that you need, you're constantly deprived in some way, shape, or form. Which sadly, if we did a study of like Bow High School students, I think we'd be shocked at how many kids in this school are sleep deprived. And that affects a lot, right? That affects your cognitive ability, it um, affects your physical ability, your reaction time, your awakeness. Like if you're waking up if you're with an alarm, you're sleep deprived is what scientists say. Yeah, we do a project in my class where kids actually keep track of their own sleep patterns and, and analyze it over the course of a week. And it's always fun during second semester because <laughs> right? I can time it out so that it happens when daylight savings time oh, that's well, comes along, brutal. which is especially brutal in the spring because you lose an hour of sleep. So it gets them a little bit all out of whack. We actually did it this year and it was also um, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, I forget, where we had the day off for voting followed by a snow day was also during that week of time that they were keeping track of things. So like the data was not super useful because of the time, but I will concur with what Ms. Lavaz said that, um, yeah, kids are overwhelmingly sleep deprived. I'm sure I've recovered from daylight savings. (laughs) We're not going to do anything about it being sleep deprived. Like what they said they were going to do something about it next year for like rearranging the schedule. No. I, I doubt that it's going to change. We're just gonna still be sleep deprived. Not gonna do it. Yeah, there's some systemic reasons for that with how schools operate with things like sports and more homework history and, and, Bus- and, and buses and things. Yeah. So like that's a different different conversation altogether Absolutely. for dreams. Yep. So uh we've talked a little bit about um you know, some of the I don't know, mechanical things that our brains are doing when we sleep and how that might contribute to our dreams with like you know, memories firing and our brains trying to put them into sequence and things like that. But there's a whole other side of dream analysis um, that has to do with the concept of wish fulfillment, like that your dreams are an indication of your subconscious or maybe even suppressed desires, um, where the objects in your dream um, correlate to symbols and, and meaningful symbols. So I don't know what you think about that. I mean, it depends, since it's all your brain, it's not like fortune telling or something, the symbols are whatever your brain thinks they are. So if you convince someone that snakes mm-hmm. mean kindness, then if th- those show up in you know, relevant patterns relative to kindness, then it's, that makes sense. 
but for most people, the symbols are relatively consistent. Hmm. Right, I mean, we can thank Sigmund Freud for all the mm -hmm. analysis that happens. So if you pick up, you go into our library here at BHS and you pick up a dream, fulfill, a dream book, you're gonna see basically what Sigmund Freud had to say about if you dream about cars, this is what it's supposed to mean. Um, and sometimes people are like, yeah, that is what I think it means. And other times people are like, nah, Freud got that wrong. <laughs> Didn't Freud get a lot of things wrong? Well, he still is considered probably one of the most prominent psychologists of all time, and in Europe they absolutely love him, because he was from Aust Austria, I think? Austria, Austria? yeah. yeah. Um, but in the US, we have other prominent psychologists that we kind of believe are just as good as Freud. But still, you can't, you can't knock Freud. Nothing has been, there aren't really a lot of studies that have been able to debunk Freud. So until then, we kind of keep teaching his theories. And he was pretty groundbreaking too. Like Absolutely. at the time, there wasn't a lot of like other people kind of no. coming up with the, the quality and quantity of ideas no. that he had. He's our father, you know, our father of current psychology and the father of psychoanalysis. Like thanks to him, he came up with the idea of being able to help people kind of hash through things that have happened um, in their lives, right? Which goes into their consciousness or their unconscious or their subconscious and then hashing through that and being able to figure it out, which kind of happens in your dreams, people believe too. So you can see how all his theories kind of connect. Yeah, snakes, as it turns out, can mean quite a number of things. Like what? Tell in, us. In a dream. Well, uh, it could mean um, that uh, you there's something that you are not aware of in your life that needs to sort of come to the surface. Um, well, your subconscious aware of it then. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it's a bright and uh, brightly colored snake, it could mean <laughs> something bad is, is happening or about to happen. Um, if the snake uh, could refer to someone who's callous, ruthless, or can't be trusted, uh, or it could be a positive symbol of healing, transformation, knowledge, wisdom. Um, so there's all of that sort of, not always so bad. It could mean anything. Something yeah, right. bad right. is gonna happen, your city's gonna explode, <laughs> or it's just gonna be a good night tonight. So I'm, I'm a little too like logical and rational to like yeah. really give in to this. It's it's fun, it's like astrology. It is for, fun, yeah. Uh, yep. For psychology. Um, astrology. Yeah, don't make any life lessons based on the no, dream books. No, no, no. <laughs> or life right? decisions. So here's what I find fascinating, and, and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys can Tell me whether you, you young, whether you young folks have these sorts of dreams or not. But um, uh, a lot of adults have like stress and anxiety dreams. Like mm -hmm. I have school anxiety dreams, mm -hmm. but they always manifest themselves in one of two ways. Either I'm in college and it's like the first day of semester and I can't <laughs> find my schedule and mm -hmm. I don't know where to go and I can't get in my mailbox because I can't find the key and I just don't know where I'm going. Yep. I don't have stress, I just have like a bear chasing me and I'm trying to close the uh, door but the uh. door just opens again. <laughs> and I'm like, no, close, no, no, close. Oh, Stop watching Cocaine Bear. <laughs> right. No, that's not for me. No, my back to school that. dream is always I'm waiting tables again and I cannot take care of my entire section and I can't find their orders and I don't know how to write stuff down anymore and I can't cash them out and always before school I have my waitressing dream. I don't know why. It's insane. Huh. I don't think I have any recurring dreams. I don't really? think so. Um, and I don't think I, I don't actually think I have anxiety dreams like that either. 
Because the other one I have is that I'm working at my previous school that I worked at before here. That was like 19 years ago. I see a theme here with your previous things. (laughs) So I start working there, but it's the first day of school. I'm teaching English again. I don't know my schedule. I don't know where my classroom is. I don't know anything. So I'm just showing back up to this old school that I used to work at. That's a very common dream. My wife has a similar dream that she's, sometimes it was she's back in high school and can't get her locker open. Sometimes it's now it's she's teaching at one of her previous schools and she's like, why am I here? I'm not supposed to be here. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's it's common. I don't really have any recurring dreams. A lot of them are just I've been interrupted like seven times. All right. (laughs) I have two. (laughs) Too bad. Sorry, it's my fault. Um, Yeah, I don't really have any recurring dreams. I a lot of the dreams I have are like just kind of weird. A lot of them have plot lines. But the recurring thing that pops up all the time that is kind of similar is I can't open my eyes in a lot of them. Wow, that's interesting. Might be because I'm just sleeping on my face, or it might be because <laughs> like I'm blind to lots of things in my life. I think it's just because I'm sleeping on my face. Wow. But it's kind of annoying. I'm like trying to like look at the aliens, and I'm just like, open! Interesting. And they don't open. It's very sad. The only recurring dream isn't actually what... Well, precise dream it's more of just an area because it's a representation or like amalgamation of my grandparents place like with the pond and everything but like it's correct but not mm. well, all dreams are like that well all yeah areas but are weird. it's like weird uh, one of the most memorable parts is this porch area that is painted baby blue and then there's a bunch of toys because I, I remembered that so well. And when I was a kid, uh, when I actually went there, first thing I did was like run down to see it. And I'm like, oh. where is it? Oh, yeah. It was fake. <laughs> right. That might be like a powerful, like a very strong uh, sort of memory. Like if you think of it again mm. as little ideas that are connected by chords, that might be a very strong chord. Um, and so I don't know. I like to think of it like if you. Maybe. You, twang a, a, a chord near it, it vibrates the surrounding chords, yeah. mm-hmm. so it might sort of resonate that um, frequently because it's connected to so many things. I don't know. Well, think about anxiety. People who suffer from post-traumatic um, stress syndrome, so soldiers who come back or somebody who's been in an um, accident or you know, people in Mississippi who just experienced those horrible tornadoes, um, they say that about 80% of those people have like anxiety nightmares which you know tells us that obviously their brains are processing something Mm -hmm. because of what happened to them right Mm. and Freud would say that's part of the survival is that your brain's trying to process that and maybe kind of tuck it away so like to to deal with whatever horror you dealt with and then kind of tuck it into your subconscious or unconscious so that way you're not thinking about it in your consciousness in order as a way to keep you healthy and alive right so dreams kind of do a lot of things. It can kind of compartmentalize things and kind of tuck things away, but it also kind of tells us what it is we want or things that are missing. It's really kind of fascinating. Well, if you think about it, like when when you are sleeping, you're you're probably pretty safe. Like you're in a safe place, you're in a place mm-hmm. that you are familiar with, you're in a place that you trust and, and a place that you sort of associate with, um, I don't know, good feelings usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so like that's a perfect time for your brain to deal with difficult issues 
because you're not having to like confront them in a fully aware, fully awake place. Oh, and another thing that always shows up in most dreams is like impossible geometry in some places. <laughs> Non-Euclidean geometry. Brains don't really figure that yeah, out. Yeah, because it's, it's like sleep. a grandparent's house on the side and then like a wooden like shack kind of built up section on the side with a trampoline on top and then I fall <laughs> through into that. It's a big workout area and then I walk through the door and then it's a massive grocery store all of a sudden and I'm like, what? <laughs> the nonsense of dreams is fascinating. Yeah. You're, 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 you're like one spot, one second and then snap you it's like, boom, you're completely somewhere else. Too. And, and then you close also your eyes uh, for an extended period then when you wait, open them you're awake. You just with no so, transition whatsoever. I, well, I did just look it up because I do have a book here. Okay. And um, eyes, by the way, eyes that are closed may point to not wanting to see something that needs your attention. Ooh. Or that I'm just lying face down. <laughs> because things that are in real life tend to also correlate. If you plug your nose and breathe in in a dream, then you can still breathe. Same with going underwater because your nose isn't plugged in real life. True. So if I'm just lying face down, then I might not be able to open my eyes. The reason you might feel like you're dreaming and then you wake right up is because the stage of sleep, so our sleep cycle is about 90 minutes, and when you get to REM, that's the most awake that you're gonna be. So people wake up out of dreams all the time because of that human sleep cycle. That's just, just how close you are to like to being the surface conscious. of awakeness. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings up a fascinating point, too, about dreams. And I was actually talking with a teacher yesterday who was like, oh, I had a, like, a really hard wake up today. And it was one of those, like, I was having this really vivid dream, and then my alarm went off. Oh, yeah. And then you have that, like, sometimes you get those dreams where the alarm goes off, and then all of a sudden the alarm goes off, and it's just absolutely baffling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a general sense, your your senses are constantly aware of all these things going on around you and it's overwhelming, it's too much. And so your brain takes over and attempts to make sense out of all of this stimuli. And so in a dream, it very well may be that your brain is trying to make sense of all of these random things mm -hmm. that are being cobbled together, which is why the narrative never makes sense. Suddenly you're in the grocery store. But it's also why when you're asleep and the alarm goes off, that becomes part of your dream mm -hmm. because you do have a certain level of awareness of what's going on around you even when you're sleeping. Yep. And so that becomes integrated into the narrative that's trying to be built. Yep. Uh, uh, speaking of like impossible geometry, like I always see like the uh, trees in my backyard are always usually like in real life they're like normal sized, but in the dreams they're always like unimaginably like large for some reason, tall and also wide. And it's just awkward because also most times they don't have their bark anymore, mm -hmm. which I don't know why that always is. It's a vision it just kind of happens. No. Unimaginably <laughs> large. It's much older. They're in, <laughs> they're in literally different positions. The aliens uprooted them, took them somewhere else. Yeah. Just I, with you. I had a, a dream once where there were aliens hiding in clouds. The spaceships were in the clouds. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, um, and like we had to like run out from the house and get in the car and we're driving around and those clouds are like following us. Mm -hmm. and, and then we saw, I saw that um, uh, a nope. 
Yeah. Which essentially is, is that premise. The aliens are hiding in the clouds. And we're like, oh, I could have made money off of that. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I should have written that. Not confirmation that they're definitely in the clouds. Just, I could have made money off of that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that idea, too, that, like, artists or writers or whatever use dreams as inspiration. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is that, like, a real thing? Because, like, I have had some dreams where I'm like, ooh, that could be a book. But it was, like, a photograph as opposed to, like, a story. Mm-hmm or whatever. Um, is that a thing that's documented that people can use dreams as a creative outlet for stories and art? I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's possible. I just, I've not read a study about that personally, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Not, Why I'm not? not sure that like that would be a published psychology study, but I bet if you talk right. to any artist, right, right um, or any writer, they would tell you that they probably sleep on it and have a breakthrough the next day, mm. right? And that could be just the, the process of your brain resetting a few things and rewiring a few things, or it could be quite literally during a dream putting together random things that don't belong together and suddenly you see something new that you didn't see before. And if you, as Ms. Lavaz said, can get that down on paper as soon as you wake up, you know, that can be something. So yeah, I mean, my husband writes and there was a point in our marriage where before I knew what he was doing, so in the middle of the night, he would take something off his bedside table and throw it onto the floor. And I'd get up in the morning and I'd pick it up and he'd be like, where's that thing I threw on the floor? And I'm like, uh, what, That you did that on purpose? He's like, yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night with a story idea, so I threw whatever was on my bedside table onto the floor, so when I saw it, I remembered. And I was like, okay, I won't pick those things up anymore. Um, so you can write down your little note about whatever it is that came to you. And I don't know if like that idea came to him when he woke up after his 90-minute sleep cycle and then went back to sleep into his um, cycle, but, because I mean, it couldn't happen during like stage three sleep, but it could happen during your REM because you're so close to awake. I guess it's possible. Hmm. It's interesting. I've come up with a show idea. I came up with this like a month ago where pretty much I go to like a streaming service and I'm just like, hey, can I please make a show in which we just take like very detailed dreams and we slightly edit them maybe and then we just plop them on in. That'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. Actually, that's not a bad idea at all. The Um, bell's also going to ring like 30 seconds, so... Colton is our timekeeper. Thank you, Colton. So I would like to thank um, everybody for joining us today. This has been an absolutely fascinating discussion, and I yes. hope the listeners have enjoyed it as well. Yep. Thank you for having um, us. Especially Thanks. Maya, who I believe is our one listener. So, hi, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, Maya. Hi, Maya. All right. Hi. Um, thank you very much. Um, I've been Mr. Dixon. Ms. Lavaz. I'm waiting for the bell. William. <laughs> and Mr. Cannon. Thank you very much. And I'm Colton. I don't think the bell's going to ring in 30 seconds. All right. Bye.